0: Some some amazing things have been happening here lately. Amazing things. We, you know, we just talked about Carter and all of the things that that went on in his in his life and so on. But but you know something something else has been happening here. And and only God only God understands it. Only God knows it. And it's the fact it's the fact that just about every week for the last six seven weeks. We've had somebody joining the church. We've had somebody joining the church each and every week for about the last six or seven weeks, and that's pretty. That's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting to watch to watch the church um, to watch the church grow to um, have to have um, new folks come and want to be a part of the work that's going on at this place. But there's a, but there's another side to the conversation there's another side to the conversation that um, it's always bothered me it's always bothered me that there are that there are some that wonder why should I become a part of a church why should I why should I be a member of the church what 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 does it matter what does it matter that that I that I become a member of God's church well you, you know there's 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 a way to look at it and I think that this was the way that they looked at it in the first century and I think that it's it's a way that we should look at it in the 21st century you're in one of two places you're either in the church you're either inside the church or you're outside the church and for the and for the person and for the person or persons that are inside of the church, what, what I understand from this word is that the people who are inside of the church, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that there are not unsaved people that come into the church, but but the people that are truly inside of the church, the people that come to be members of the church are Christian people. They're Christian people. In other words, in other words, Jesus has saved them. Jesus has saved them from their sin. And for those that are outside of the church, for those that are outside of the church, they are outside because they are unbelievers. They are outside of the church because they have not chosen to follow Christ. They have not chosen to follow Christ. Now, I I understand that we could have a a tremendous dialogue about why why people choose to come to church and why people choose not to come to church. One of the reasons that a lot of people give for why they don't come to church is because they say the church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. They say that people say one thing, so people say, say one thing, and they do a totally different thing. And, and, and you know what? Uh, I, just, I just don't want to be, don't want to be a part of that. But 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 he, here's the thing you've got to understand. The church is God's. It is God's church. It is God's church. God birthed the church. God ordained the church. In, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit had come, Jesus had, Jesus had, gone, to be, Jesus had gone to be with the uh, gone to be with the Father. And by the way, he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And who's he coming back for? Who's he coming back for? He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for the church. And, and I have to say it this way, he's coming back for the insiders. He's not coming back for the outsiders. He's coming back for the insiders. And, 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 so, and, and look, at what, look at what happened in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit had come down. And when Peter, when Peter began to preach, Acts chapter 2 verse 41 said, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. That day, about three thousand souls were added to them. Now, added to who? Added to who? Added to what? Added to the church. They were added to the church. They won't added to. They won't added to this or that. You know. And and I tell you that as we as we think about membership, Chuck Lawless. Chuck Lawless is a professor at Southeastern. He's a professor at Liberty. He he was the. Um, he was the interim pastor at Parkway Baptist Church uh, for, a good, for a good while. So he's got, the experience, he's got the experience and the knowledge to say things like this. Chuck Lawless says that what we have turned all of this into is we've turned it into membership without meaning and members without commitment. We ourselves have turned it into membership without meaning and members without commitment. And 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 how dare we do that? How dare we take what God is doing, what God is doing in the church? What what God designed the church for? You know, the church is God's redemptive vehicle to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. We talked about that this morning a little bit. And 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 we and we have a very special calling. We have a very special calling which we cannot, which we cannot overlook. Which we cannot overlook. And, and, and oh, by the way, when you become saved, when you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a part of the church universal. The church universal, the one, the one that all believers are a part of. But there is no disconnect in there between you becoming a part of the local body. Of the local body of believers. I read a book. It's a, it's a short book. I am a church member. Tom Rayner wrote it. Tom Rayner wrote it. And 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 it's it's one of those, it's one of those heavy-hitting little books. It's one of those books that, that kind of lays out, that kind of lays out things about a church member. You know, when we go to 1 Corinthians 12, and let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 for a minute. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 27 through 29 say. And this is post-salvation this is post-salvation i have people ask me all the time preacher am i saved (laughs) um that's a good question and and you know it's it's almost a question i have to look back at you and say are you are you are you saved and and how do you know and how do you know because i believe we i believe we can know i believe it's affirmed for us I believe it's affirmed for us that we can know that we are saved. But post-salvation, look at what it says. In verse 27 of, of 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps, administration, varieties of tongue. In other words, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit given to each believer. Given to each believer. Every single believer has a gift. And you know what that gift is for? That gift is for you to exercise it in the local body. That gift is for you to exercise it in the local body. So so let me give you you a quick and critical analysis of this book. Let me give you a quick, quick and critical analysis of this book. He says that the first thing members need to be are functioning members. In other words, active members, active members of a local body. Now, what does that mean? Because, see, is a church, this is a question, is a church a country club? Now, I, I know, you're giving me the Sunday school. you give me the Sunday school. Look, right now you're going, nah, that's not it, Pastor. I know where you're going with this, and that's not it. But let's describe a country club for a minute. A country club a pool association you name it okay so you pay you pay this amount of money you pay this amount of money and you get these things for the money that you pay do you know that there are some that believe that because of the money that they put in an offering plate because of the money they put in an offering plate that it entitles them to certain perks it entitles them to certain things um, not so much. Now, I almost—but I forgot this morning. You so you're just going to have to. You're going to have to picture this. Some people enjoy looking at my personal calendar that hangs on my wall at home. Some people enjoy looking at that because that thing has more stuff on it than you can shake a stick at. And it's not stuff that I bought on the calendar to begin with. It's stuff I write on the calendar as I do ministry and that thing populates quickly and some days it populates with more with more stuff than there are hours in a day and oh by the way i populated it from things that have already happened so you get what i'm saying you get what i'm saying and and i could i could flip through that thing and i could show you day after day page after page of just stuff of just a whole lot of stuff and so what does it mean? So what does it mean if it doesn't mean if it doesn't mean? Okay, I, I come in this church. I give my tithe. I give my tithe. We pay. We pay our pastor, and because we pay our pastor, this is what we pay him to do. We pay him to be at our beckoning call. Now I, w- I want you to understand. I do everything. I, I do everything within within my ability. To be there for you when something happens. Do you know that, do you know that Sean had an accident Wednesday morning and Tiffany's mom had an accident Wednesday night? Did you know that happened? And um, and that, that was quite that was quite a day. And there was a whole lot of day in between. There was a whole lot of stuff in between those two things. And 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 sometimes, and like I told you, there was a Jerry, Maggie, and Carter were all in ICUs at the same time. And and then, oh by the way. Tyler decided to be in one for a little bit of time, too. So four people in ICUs at the same moment, that's hard to keep up with. That's hard to, that's hard to, but, but and, and I'm not complaining about that. I'm not complaining about that. But, but I want you to, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. It's not about giving your tithe, giving your tithe and then expecting all these things, expecting all these things. You know what, you know what functioning church membership is about? hold on to your hats, you're going to say, I knew it was coming, but here's what it means. Here's what it means to be a functioning church member. Giving abundantly, giving abundantly, serving without hesitation. That's what a functioning church member is. Giving abundantly, serving without hesitation. Boom, that's it. That's what a functioning church member is all about. And then it says, you know what? We should be unifiers. We should be unifiers. Go to Romans chapter 1 for a minute. I don't like when these lists come out, but you know what? He put these lists here for a reason. Because you got to remember, who was Paul writing to the majority of the time? Who was Paul writing to? He was writing to the church, wasn't he? And he was writing, hear me, he was writing to those inside the church. He wasn't writing to those outside the church. He was writing to those inside the church. So here's what he says, starting in verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Now, we sit here and we go, now who was that to? He was writing it to the church. Now, he was talking about, there were a lot of things in there that he was talking about people outside the church. Okay, he was talking about people outside the church. But, but God forgive us that some of those things might even fit us. Some of those things might even fit us inside of the church. And, and, and you know what? We, we have to constantly, we have to constantly be battling those things. I, I, I find it funny that another part of being a church member is that we pray for our leaders we pray for our church leaders now what's funny to me is that I have a lot of people I, I have people pray for me I have people pray for me and and yet nobody ever talks to me did you hear me people pray for me but they never talk to me so how how do you know what to pray how do you know what to pray if you never talk to me what are you praying? What are you praying? Now, I am giving you an out that there is a place you can go to know what to pray for your pastor. Go to 1 Timothy 3. It says, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop or overseer or elder or pastor, is what that means, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules over his house well, having his children in submission with all reverence, For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now, you sit there and you think about that, and I think you could figure out a pretty good way to pray for your pastor. Because you, you know what? Your pastor, and you can say plural, your pastors deal with the same things you deal with. Deal with the same things that you deal with. And there are plenty of things in there to be praying for, for on behalf of your, your church leaders. On behalf of your pastors. And sometimes, yes, you can say, and give him enough time to get to the places he's got to go before this day ends. You know, that, that'll be okay too. But, but this is a really good list of how you can pray, how you can pray for a pastor. But, but I told you that part about we're supposed to be unifiers. We're supposed to be unifiers in this body. We're supposed to be the ones who love the saints, who love the saints and want to and, and want and want a healthy church body. Now, I happen to believe, I happen to believe we we got a really healthy church body here. I happen to believe that. You don't correct me, don't correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, we're just going to leave it that I think it's a really healthy church body. And so then, so then it goes on. And remember, I'm giving you a critical analysis of, of Tom Rainer's book, I'm a church member. And, and, he says, and, he, and he says, it can't be about me. The church cannot be about me. It cannot be about my desires and my preferences. It can't be that. Now, there, I'm quite certain that there are times that things happen here, that things happen in this place, and people go, what was that? Or what is that? But but, but, I want you, but I want you to know. So let me tell you something that's coming on November 8th and 9th. On November 8th and 9th, there's a thing called Lantern Fest. There's a thing called Lantern Fest. Lantern Fest is a, is a musical thing. It's a musical thing. It's not a Christian musical thing. It's a musical thing. Okay, now listen to me closely. Hear me clearly. And if you need to talk to me later, you can talk to me later but November 8th and 9th there will be bands that will come and play here they're gonna come and they're gonna they're gonna play here you know what this place is for them a safe place to come and play now there will be some there will be some hate to say it this way but there will be some rules because you're coming to our church okay you're coming to our church so there will be some rules But there will be a lot of bands that will come that are not Christian. Now, there are Christian people putting on lantern Fest, but these are not Christian bands that are coming. And you sit there and you go, so what are you doing? So what are you doing if you're open? Listen closely. What are you doing if you're opening the doors for lost people to come in? You know what? We're opening the doors. We're opening the doors, giving these bands a safe place to play. and in the course of that, you know what? We the church, we the church, are going to come alongside of this event. We're going to come alongside these people and guess what we're going to do with them? We're going to serve them and we're going to love them. and we're going to do things and we're going to do things that, that Jesus commands us to do with people as we as we go about as we go about our Christian walk, you see, we're we're going to be. It's not about it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about our comfort. It's not about it's not about. You, you know what? You're going to probably need. I can about assure you that if you come, you're probably going to need hearing protection. You're going to need it. Okay. You're going to put need to put earplugs in to even be able to be here. And you're sitting here, and, and I know your, your minds are turning and things like this, but I tell you this, it's going to be an opportunity for service. It's going to be an opportunity to be the church to a, to a generation, to a generation who is predominantly unchurched. The millennial generation is almost a lost generation. And it's because, it's because we, we want to serve them we want to serve them and we want to be the church to them and you know what we got to let go we got to let go of our desire we got to let go of our preferences we got to let go of the things that would that that would keep us from doing what we ought to do and just let the lord have his way with us you know another thing another thing that it says in this is that we need to teach our children we need to teach our grandchildren we need to teach the people that we that we disciple. We need to teach, teach people to love the church. Jesus loved the church so much he gave his life for the church. Jesus loved the church so much that he gave his life for the church. Okay? And, and, and so we've got to teach, we've got to teach people to love the church. And we've got to love the church ourselves. We've got to love the church ourselves. I I I have to I have to say it's not always easy. But I love the church. But I love the church. And I and I love what I love what God's doing in the church. And you, and you know something else? Here's another piece of it. We've got to understand that salvation was a gift and that church membership's a gift. Because you know what? A gift is something you appreciate. A gift is something that is given, a gift is something that is given freely. And and, and it came with a cost. It came with a cost because, see, every one of us, every one of us that called upon the name of Jesus, every one of us that is saved by the blood, every one of us, every one of us that, that, that claims to be a Christian, guess what we came to grips with? We came to grips with the fact for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ his son. And God demonstrated His love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. you see you see salvation we understand we understand that there was a cost to our salvation and and, and you know what and, and you know what there are people there are people still today probably today that met that met in an underground kind of place. You know why they did that? Because it's against the government, it's against the law, to practice their Christianity in that place. And because of that, and they, and because of that, they're willing to risk everything. They're willing to risk everything to be an insider in God's church. To be an insider in God's church. Because they, they understand the gift the gift of membership. The gift of membership. You remember what Chuck Lawless said? Membership that, that has become meaningless and members that have no commitment. Members that have no commitment. And, and why? Is this a perfect place? No. It is not. If I walk into your church, is your church a perfect place? No, but here's the, here's, the, here's the one perfect common denominator to it all, Jesus. Jesus is the perfect common denominator to every, to every church, to every church. And, and, and that's, the part, that's the part that we cling to. We cling to Jesus, and we cling to his righteousness, and we cling to his purity, and his holiness, and all of those things. And, and and that's what that's what we want to be a part of. You see, you see, there's a sin problem. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know there's a sin problem? Okay. And and for that sin problem, Jesus died. Jesus died for the sin problem. Jesus died and the sin of all mankind was put upon him. Do you know how ugly that was? Do you know how ugly the sin of the world being put on Jesus was? That was the one moment that God the Father could not look upon His Son. That was the one moment that God the Father could not look upon His Son. But here's the, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. That's, that was God's plan for Jesus to take the sin of the world on Himself so that God's righteousness could be given to us. That through the, through the eyes of the cross, through the eyes of the shed blood of Jesus, Through all of that, we can be declared righteous. We can be declared justified. We can can be declared children of God. We are heirs to the throne. We, we We are joint heirs with Christ. We are joint heirs to all that comes with being. In this case, an insider an insider. Now, what does that mean for the outsider? What does it mean for the outsider, the one that's outside the church? What does, what does that mean to us? What does that mean to us? It means that we need to show the love of Christ and that we need to share the love of Christ and that we need to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ the gospel, that, that thing that we talked about that we came to grips with, we came to grips with our sin, we understood that we, need, that we need forgiveness, that we need to repent of our sin, and we turn to Jesus and Jesus alone. And because of that, and because of that, we become a part, we become a part of what God is doing in his church. So when you, so when you say, when you say, well, I don't know if I want to be a church member. Well, I don't know that you got a whole lot of choice. I don't know that you have any choice when it's like this. When you become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you you fall, in, you fall into place with what Jesus has put in place for His, for his people, for those, for those who have confessed and professed Him as Lord and Savior. That, that you know what? That, you, that you're, you're a part of the church universal? Yes. But you're looking for that lo- local body to walk in and, and immediately be a part of. And what are the two things that you're going to do? What are the two things that you're going to do? You're going to give abundantly, and you're going to serve without hesitation. Those are, those are the, when, when we think about, when we think about all that Paul wrote about, all that Paul, Paul wrote about, you, you know what? We, you, you know the love chapter? 1 Corinthians 13. You know the love chapter, the one we read at weddings? The one we read to husbands and wives when they might be having a little trouble or something? You you know all these things? You, You know the love chapter? You know when the love chapter is actually supposed to be read? When you're about to go into a contentious business meeting in a church, that's a good time to read the love chapter. Because that's what he's talking about. That's what Paul's talking about. That you know what love, love covers all of it, love covers all of it. Love, love, love makes love makes things healthy. You know we know that love covers a multitude of sin, and and so as we as we think about that, as we think about maybe that maybe, maybe that'll be the new thing we'll do at the beginning of leadership team meetings is we'll read first first Corinthians thirteen. We'll read the love chapter, and then we'll get into what we're going to get into. I'm thankful for my leadership team. It's not like that. I praise God, but I know that there are some churches that don't have it so don't have it so um, kind when it comes to when it comes to business meetings and things. But but praise God. But praise God. He gives us instruction through it all. He gives us instruction through it all. And and, and you know something? Why would you not be a part? Why would you not want to be a part of what? Of what Jesus is doing, of what God is doing. And and the opportunity that we have to, to watch the gospel, to watch the gospel penetrate darkness, to watch the gospel penetrate people's lives. And and I happen to believe it's a pretty exciting place to be, a pretty exciting place to be, and it has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with me whatsoever. It has everything to do with all that all that God is doing through this place, through this place. And so As you continue to serve, as you continue to serve, and as you continue to give, as you continue to be a unifier, as you continue to pray for your leaders, as you continue to realize it's not about you, as as you continue to teach others to love the church, and as you love the church, and as you remember the gift of membership the gift of being. May it be be more than what it's been. And and Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us for what we caused it. That meaningless thing and and that people without commitment and things like that, we caused that. We caused that. We allowed that to happen. Church membership matters. Church membership matters. And I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, Wherever you live, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then connect yourself with a local body. Connect yourself with a local body. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you know what? We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you and help you understand what it means to be a born-again believer. Because you know what? Because you know what? The God of miracles the god of miracles that god that we were talking about this morning that that brought that brought carter on a journey and praise god praise god for all he's done that's the god that wants to know you and me that's the god that wants a personal relationship with us and you that it's undeniable it's undeniable that we watched God save Carter. We watched it. We, we watched it. ECMO was no more than a word. You know that? For those of you that don't understand, you don't want to know. But ECMO was nothing more than a word that God defined, and that was the last time we heard about it, wasn't it? Because Carter decided to go on a race, and he ran, and he ran fast the other way, and that. And that dropped off the scene, didn't it? That drop that dropped off the scene so fast that I mean, you, you know what? It it was beautiful. It was beautiful that, that to to hear the to hear the conversation. In fact, Jerry and I would have we would have conversations about things, little things that were said or done that really wouldn't mean anything to anybody. But one day, one day they said one day they said that. Carter maintained his own temperature. They said that. They said, Carter maintained his own temperature in the midst of all craziness and a little bit of infection and things like this. And they said, Carter maintained his temperature. And I said, well, wait a minute. If Carter maintained his temperature, and you know, they're wondering if his brain is working. And and Carter maintained his temperature, and the brainstem is what does that. And if the brainstem is working, then, then the brain's working. And you know, we just kept having those conversations, didn't we? We just kept talking about those things. And then and then when they moved him out of the room that he was in at the NICU at MCV to another room, and why did they move him? They moved him because they had a sicker baby coming. Are, are you hearing these things? Are you hearing these kind of things that, that you know what, they were, they were little things. And, and you know what, you had to read between the lines, but we read between a lot of lines, didn't we? And we were shouting, we were, and when they came, when they came and gave the report of the, when they came and gave the report of the MRI. The MRI that we've been waiting for since the day he was born, right? You know that MRI. And we waited and those three stoic, those three stoic <laughs> doctors, those three stone-faced doctors walked in that couldn't have cracked a smile if they had tried. God bless them. But the thing was, but the thing was, and in the end, what'd they come in and say? What'd they come in? And I think we knew it before they ever said it. I think we knew it before they ever said it. This was, a very, this was a very unremarkable MRI. In other words, this was a great MRI. And they, and they said it like this. This was a great MRI. <laughs> and I, and, but I'm telling you. But I'm telling you. You know what? Praise God. Praise God for who He is. And you know, that's the God. That's the God that wants to know each one of us in a personal way. That's the God that wants a personal relationship with each one of us. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your church. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for, thank you, Lord, for um, church membership. Even though, Lord, we've turned it into something it was not meant to be. Lord, thank you that when thank you that when we accept you as Lord and Savior, when we are baptized. As believers into the faith. Lord, whatever way it is, whatever way it is, thank you, Lord, that we become an insider in your your church. And Lord, for every outsider, Lord, may we love them. May we care for them. May we share the gospel with them so that they have an opportunity to, Lord, know you in a personal way. Lord, um, I lift up this time of invitation. Have no idea, have no idea what we have heard here this morning. But Lord, I just ask that you would have your way with the invitation, have your way with each one of us. And Lord, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory. You must precious and